All right, so what I want to talk about, and I really got two sermons here that I'll try to breeze through if I can, but if not, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I want to talk about the kingdom of God. Um, it's something that is one of the pillars of our church, something that I, that I had to learn from Mark because I'd never really caught the whole kingdom idea, even though it was right in my face the whole time. It's all Jesus talked about, like the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. It was right there in front of me the whole time, and then Mark brought it to light to me when he began to teach. Mark is uh, our senior pastor that was here that retired uh, before I became pastor. So <clears throat> I want to kind of give, a, hopefully, a brief overview of what the kingdom is and then just kind of talk about how we play a part in this. So uh, the kingdom of God is also referenced as the kingdom of heaven. Um, Isaiah tells us about Jerusalem being destroyed by Babylon, and all the Jewish people uh, have been exiled except for a few that were left, uh, just kind of wondering why God had abandoned them. Um, ultimately, it was their fault. You know, they had kind of dropped the ball, and God was kind of angry about that. Um, and God pretty much tells them it's their fault, and, he turned, and that they had turned away, away from God um, and become corrupt. Corrupt. So their city and their temple were destroyed. Um, to them, everything seemed lost. Uh, but the story goes on in Isaiah, and there's a watchman, and he sees a messenger running towards the city. He's running and shouting these words, good news. And it's not just good news, it's where we get the term uh, euangelion, or where we, what we call the gospel too, but it's, he's saying there's this, this person coming with good news. And uh, in Isaiah it says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those that bring good news. And so we ask the question, well, what is this good news? So, and so the good news then was despite Jerusalem's destruction, uh, God still reigned as king and would one, one day return to the city and take up his throne and bring peace. And in the New Testament, we, say, we see the same term, uh, good news, which is euangelion, translated as what we call the gospel. When we spread the gospel, we're spreading the good news, literally, is the good news of Jesus. It's not just some good news, it is the good news. We talk about Jesus saying, I am the way, it's the, he is the only way. And this good news is not just a good news, it's the good news of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> so Jesus, as Jesus came, he went about proclaiming this good news of the kingdom, um, so we see Jesus as this messenger, uh, but the way Jesus lived out and taught this kingdom was very different than what most expected. Uh, if we think about a kingdom, we think about a strong, uh, powerful kingdom that can oppose its will and defeat its enemies, right? If we look at, especially back in that culture, that's what you would look for. You look for a strong king that can bring his kingdom, and he can do what a king do. <laughs> and he takes over, and he has authority, and he has power. So that's what everyone was looking for. But Jesus comes in, and he says, well, this kingdom's a little different. This kingdom, the strongest person in this kingdom is the weakest, Right? He says, the one who loves and serves the poor. Uh, and, and when we live under God's reign, we respond to evil by loving our enemies and forgiving them and seeking peace. It is literally an upside-down kingdom. It's a kingdom that um, took, certainly took all the Pharisees and Sadducees off guard, and even the Jewish people of that day were looking for this king that would come in on a white horse with a sword, and Jesus shows up on a donkey, <laughs> and not at all what they were expecting. Um, he comes uh, healing people and feeding the sick, and reaching out to the marginalized and the hurting, and even, we've talked about several times, even women, where he reaches out and he speaks to women in a way that in that culture was unheard of, and he, he everywhere he goes, he adds value to people, and he brings his kingdom everywhere he goes. He literally says over and over again, the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is at hand, literally meaning it's right here. I remember teaching the youth, and I would tell them that, like, put your hand out. This is, when we talk about Jesus saying the kingdom is at hand, he's saying the kingdom is right in front of you, and I'm the king of that kingdom. Um, a good example of this uh, is uh, the faith of the centurion, which we don't have to go through the whole story. Uh, but basically, the centurion came up and said, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. 
Jesus said, said to him, shall I come and heal him? And the centurion replied, Lord, and he, he recognized that Jesus was Lord, and this is the key here. He says, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a, am a, man, am a man under authority. With soldiers under me, I tell this one go, and he goes, and this one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and, and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Now that's a bold statement to say to God's chosen people. And he's, he says, uh, I say to you that many will come <clears throat> from the east and the west and will take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of this kingdom will be thrown aside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And a servant was healed at that moment. So what that centurion recognized was who Jesus was. Jesus was running around saying that the kingdom is at hand and I'm the king. And there were some people that were not really crazy about that idea. So not only was Jesus announcing this kingdom, but he was announcing that he was the king of it. Uh, word got out that this Jesus guy was talking and acting like he is the king of Israel and appointing 12 disciples, which were an image of Israel's 12 tribes. Um, he was healing people and forgiving their sins, calling himself the son of God. Uh, this threatened Israel's leaders so much they decided to have him killed, and Jesus lets them. That seems like not the thing to do if you're a king that's about to impose his kingdom and change the world, right? To allow your enemies to kill you. That seems like a really weird thing to do if you're going to establish this new kingdom. But it's exactly what Jesus does. He allows them to kill him. Jesus saw the sin and devastation of his people Israel as a small part of the entire human condition. How all of humanity had rebelled against God and needed a savior. So we look at it and we say, well, how is God going to bring his reign over such a a pretty terrible world? Um, And the way he solves this is a sacrificial love for his enemies. Jesus' crucifixion depicted in scripture as his enthronement as the king of the Jews. He received a crown and a robe. He was exalted on a cross, which was ultimately his throne. How beautiful are the feet that bring, (laughs) how beautiful the feet that bring the good news. Every time I read that, I see his feet nailed together on the cross. He is the ultimate Savior that came all the way from Isaiah to heal and to bring peace. He was the one that Israel was looking for. They just couldn't recognize him because they had an idea of what he was supposed to look like. In in a, a bit lesser way, we do the same thing every day. We have an idea of what things should look like, and they may not align up with the kingdom of heaven. We have to see the beautiful feet of Jesus that's on this cross that doesn't just forgive us of our sins, although he does, but he gets over that hurdle so that he can have a personal relationship with you and me. The good news now is that Jesus has beat death, dealt with our sin, and reigns as king forever. He dealt with sin and corruption in himself with his own sacrificial love. Now he invites us to share this good news of the kingdom. So we have to see that this kingdom is much more than just this place that we go when we die, which is what was taught to me when I first started going to church. I always had this idea that we were like this. we got to catapult everybody to get to heaven. And it took years of me reading scripture to see that that's very few times is even spoken about us going to heaven when we die. Did you know that? Very few times is it spoken about, but you know what's spoken about a whole lot? Is the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of heaven is here. He rules and he reigns, and his, his kingdom goes everywhere he goes. So if I, if, I was a, if I was a better pastor and I had like a whiteboard, I would draw two circles for you. 
but I'm not, so you have to imagine them. Use your imagination. So I'm even better pastor because I'm getting you involved. All right. So we have this idea of catapulting people to heaven when they die, right? Have y'all, I've used that kind of flippantly, but you know what I mean, right? Like, that, that was a, a really common theme when I started going to church, when I always joke around and call it making people feel uncomfortable in Walmart. So we're supposed to go out and get people to go to heaven all the time. <clears throat> uh, but when we look in Scripture, we see this, this, these two kingdoms. We see the kingdom of heaven and, the, and, the, and earth, the kingdom of earth, really. And these are two completely different kingdoms, right, especially after the fall in the garden. Well, in the garden was the original, when those two kingdoms were together. So if you have two circles here, we put those two together, and that was the Garden of Eden, right? So that was the kingdom of heaven and earth. So we want to look at these almost as two dimensions, not just physical locations. That's why the uh, scripture shows us this is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom is more than just a, a physical location. You're not looking for it. So in the garden, these two were together. Well, obviously, we broke that up, and now we have this corrupt world that we live in, and then we have this perfect kingdom. So there's a problem, right? They don't go together. We can't, this, these two kingdoms can't come together in, in any place. Well, God creates this, this area called a temple or a tabernacle in the Old Testament where these two places kind of intersect. So if you could overlap those circles just a little bit, there'd be a little place in the middle. That would be the tabernacle, right, or the temple back in the Old Testament. Well, the only way, which is kind of weird us looking back, the only way that that could be holy and why people could, you, first you had to be an Israelite, so lots of hoops you have to jump through. You have to be an Israelite. And then there had to be an animal sacrifice. There had to be a lamb. There had to be a, an innocent sacrifice. And for, somehow that blood would absorb the sin so that someone could go in there and be in the presence of God, right? Does this make sense? So what we have is we have heaven, this dimension of heaven, and this dimension of earth, overlapping in this temple in the Holy of Holies. And so these are the areas where you have this little, this little pocket, if you will, of heaven on earth, Right? So this goes on for a while until ultimately this isn't good enough. God's heart is not just for Israel. It never was. All the way from the beginning, it was for all nations. It was for everyone, even the Gentiles, even for you and me. So as it, it progresses into the New Testament, we see this, this Jesus bring this good news. And what's the good news? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is the good news. He says, look, everywhere I go, my kingdom goes with me. So now we don't have this temple. He, Jesus makes these crazy claims that not only is he the temple, but he's the sacrifice. So he walks around as the temple in the sinful world, and he creates these pockets. He's healing people, and he's forgiving people's sins. So if you imagine these two dimensions, you see this, this earthly realm here, and you see this kingdom here, and you see Jesus jumping over into ours. And you see these little pockets of the kingdom everywhere. Everywhere Jesus goes, he brings his kingdom with him. He says, okay, no, you can't go over there because those people are sick. Jesus says, my kingdom's greater than that sickness. And I create a pocket of the kingdom right there. And he says, no, you can't go over there. That's sinful. Those people are sinning in that house. And he says, I'm going to that sinner's house. And he creates a pocket of the kingdom right there. And the kingdom of God goes wherever he goes. And so we have to see that when we talk about this kingdom, when we go, when, when we now go, when he, he died for our sins, he was resurrected, he ascended, and then he sent his Holy Spirit. When his Holy Spirit came to live with you and me, guess what came with it? The kingdom. He literally says mansions. The same term he uses for mansions that we would think about when we die and go to heaven and live in these mansions. The only two times it was used, the other time it was used was when he says he placed this home, this mansion in our hearts. That mansion, that kingdom is in you and is in me if you're born again. So what does that mean for us? Everywhere you go, you bring the kingdom. Everywhere you go, you bring the kingdom. Not a kingdom, the kingdom. This great I am now dwells in our bodies. So when we, when we see this, this idea of heaven being far off, it's not far off. When, when we see about evangelism, 
if we want to call it evangelism when we go out, as I think about why different churches do different things and, and all these different divisions that we have, can we see that there's only one kingdom? There is no separate kingdoms. There is no we are. There's only I am. <laughs> there's only one kingdom. Where we go, we, we, we should be imposing our kingdom on that environment. It sounds kind of radical because it is. <laughs> How? How do we do it? By serving, by loving, by treating our enemies different than anybody else. I tell you, that's not easy. It's not easy because we're still in this sinful world. People are jerks. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. People are unlovable sometimes. They absolutely are. I don't know if you've been alive for five minutes, but just wait around a little bit if you've not met any of these people. There are people that are very difficult to be around and difficult to love, and there are people that will even intentionally try to hurt you. Like with no, yeah, like with no doubt, they will, they will seek out to hurt you. This, this is what Jesus would call an enemy. And what does he do? When an ear is chopped off, he heals it. Why? Because he's part of a greater kingdom. He's not fighting a physical battle. They wanted him to come be the geopolitical leader and take, take over Rome and say, okay, well, I'm going to bring my people up and rise up. And he's like, no, you don't know who your real enemies are. It's sin, death, and hell. It's not Rome. It's not a nation. Yes? Uh, right there. Can you toss her that mic? Just throw it. <laughs> not an overhand, an under. Okay. You're talking about being kind and loving your enemies. It is very hard to do, but you know, I ran across the scripture, and we've all heard it a thousand times, but in the season that we're in as a nation, it really jumped out to me, and I was like, Father, forgive me. Forgive me. Because it says, but love your enemies, and do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be the children of the Most High. And this is the part that just killed me. It says, because God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. That doesn't mean there's not a day of judgment coming, but until it is, God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Yep. And if we are imitators of Christ, if we're supposed to look like him, God help us. Yeah. Amen. I think what we talked about a couple weeks ago, too, this, this understanding of how, how amazing and supernatural salvation in and of itself is, it should, and this is why I think the Bible tells us to renew our minds to that reality, it should have us, like, on 11 all the time. It should have us understanding that, that the, king, the, the reality of the kingdom is greater than the reality of the earth that we're seeing around us, Right? So it should have us in a mindset where the supernatural is normal, right? Not saying that, that we have to be kooky all the time and like really freak everybody out, although you may at some points be kooky and freak people out. I'm just saying... <laughs> no. I'm just saying that... <laughs> I'm saying... I'm saying love, love your enemies and you will see something supernatural. There's nothing wrong. Pray, pray for healing over people. I don't ever mean to downplay that. I'm definitely do that. But I'm saying it's those times when I think that we may not think it's as important when it is most important to love people. Those, those little pockets that we're talking about, the, the, the kingdom, is when you have every right 
at least in our own mind, we have every right to be angry and to lash out and to whatever, make a statement or, or do something. When we can see the kingdom for what it is, you are ushering in the kingdom in that situation. The, the power of life and death is where? It's in our tongues. When we say, when we speak these things, they become reality. I always, talk, I always think about Jesus when he says, I think it was, was it J. Iris' daughter? He says she was sleeping. And I've heard people question, was she sleeping or was she dead? It doesn't matter. When Jesus said she was just sleeping, she was just sleeping. At that moment, when he speaks it, it's a reality. Now, when the Bible tells us that he, when he, he specifically told his disciples, but it goes on, it carries on to us and the Holy Spirit, that when we go out and we tell people their sins are forgiven, their sins are forgiven, it's not because we forgive them, it's because it's a reality. They may not see it as a reality, but it's a reality. When we call out the potential in people, they may not see the potential in themselves. When we call it out, it becomes a reality. I heard, uh, I think it was Bill Johnson said this, that some of the, the major, what we would call sin cities like New Orleans and uh, San Francisco and some of those areas, he said maybe, and he wasn't like making this big you know, line in the sand, he said maybe it's on us that some of these cities are the way that they are because the power of life and death is in our tongue and we're constantly condemning them instead of trying to bring healing into those lands. And the church is the first one to stand up and just point a finger at them instead of open their arms to bring them in so that they can understand who they are in Christ, which is above their identity in the world. Because if they're identifying by their sexuality, by their lifestyle, by anything, it is less than what God is identifying them by. That's why I don't go around and say, hey, I'm just a heterosexual male. Because that's, <laughs> that's not my identity. I don't need to say that to people. I'm a son of the king of kings, right? I'm, I'm, my identity is hidden in Christ and his is in me. I don't have to identify by anything less than that. And that's just one example. It, I mean, we, what people find, and in, in general, we want to find a group of people that we feel like we fit in and that we're accepted. It's a very natural thing for us. And it could be any different, anything that you could imagine. But ultimately, what we're called to do is not just to fit in, but actually to stand out. It's to go out and to, to bring God's reality, His kingdom, into areas that don't see it for what it is. And it's, it's easier and harder than you think. It's easier in that he's done all the heavy lifting. The, the, the cool thing about grace is it's, it should be the wind in our sails to move forward and to, to go out and to proclaim this good news because he's done all, he's done all the hard work. It's just us to, us to declare it. And then he, he's the one that causes it to grow. We just cast the seeds. The hard part is for us to renew our minds to that reality every day because it's so easy, and I'm speaking for myself. If y'all want to listen to me preach to myself, you're welcome. It's so easy to fall into... The, uh, the kind of tit-for-tat or, you know, uh, I don't know what you call clap back or whatever, because I'm kind of sarcastic and I can be clever sometimes and I can just shoot back. <laughs> My mom's shaking her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you are. Sometimes it takes us to take a second to respond and not just react to something, right? To take a second, okay, <laughs> this would feel good to say this, but ultimately who's going to get glory out of it, Right? Me. I'm going to get glory out of it. Let's call it what it is. I'm going to feel pretty good after I say this. Maybe I shouldn't say this, right? Maybe I should take a step back. Okay, what's the ultimate goal here? It's not just so that I can win an argument. It's so that I can bring the kingdom because I'm only here for a limited time. We're, we're finite beings, so we're, we're only on earth for a limited time, and it's our job. There's no plan B. It's our job to usher in this kingdom everywhere we go. If there's, if there's nothing else that I could say, and this is what I've been going over and over in my head, um, I probably shouldn't do that when I do that. I'm going over in my head. <laughs> going, going over and over in my head is that 
as a, as a local body, I think it's necessary that we meet. I think it's beneficial that we grow and we, we, um, we're fed and we, we learn and we, you know, iron sharpens iron and we have discussions and um, I think that's important that we do this. But there's a purpose behind it. There's a reason behind it. The reason why we do this is so that every other day and every other moment that we're out there with our family and our friends and in restaurants and different places like that, that we can live out the gospel that we talk about in here. Uh, I tell you all the time, I struggle with tips for a while. Now I'm, I'm getting better at it, even though it's hard. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about this yesterday that I remember picking up a, you remember tracks? People would leave tracks, and one of them was like a fake half hundred dollar bill. That's the worst thing in the world. Why would you ever do that? What a trick. I think, I think we should leave a real $100 bill and just leave a note that says, hey, Jesus loves you. I want you to have this. What, what a better tract than a fake $100 bill that someone would get excited about something and then you snatch it from and say, okay, here's the whole gospel right here and you should get saved right away. And you're not even there to talk about it. I think it's much more personal if you could actually give somebody some money that could actually help them and benefit them, especially somebody that's needy, and then actually talk to them about God because it, we love him so much. What a novel idea, Right? <laughs> This is not just something that you forced to do because some preacher said it or, you know, you're, you're guilty about it. Listen, one of the responses, I've texted several people this morning, one of the responses I got back was, well, uh, religion is a, a big, a, an incredibly big business, and, and it can be. It really is, and it's sad that it's that way. It's one of the things that I fight all the time, probably more than I should, um, as far as trying, to, trying not to be some kind of machine, because we're not. Um, if God wants our church to, to be financially stable, hopefully he puts that in your heart to be that for, for, for you to give in those areas. If, and I've said this before, if you're giving um, to try to get closer to God or to try to reap some benefits or to think that you're going to get something back tenfold because of what you give, stop giving. Stop giving until you realize who you are in Christ and find your identity and then give from that place. In the same way, when you're outside these doors, don't do that either. Don't love because you think that you're going to get some reward when you get to heaven. The reward is that you get to love people right now. The relationship that you build is the only jewels you're going to bring with you. The only jewels that surpass this physical body are going to be those real relationships that you cared about people. Obviously, it's not jewels. Who cares about jewels when you're in heaven? <laughs> they pave streets with gold. It's pretty worthless up there. It's just the same way that, that we try to think of things of value. We decorated the tabernacles the same way with jewels and trees and fruit to try to mimic the garden. We do the same thing um, in our minds sometimes. We try to figure out what this looks like. Look, it looks like you bringing the kingdom everywhere you go. You, you have a garden, spread some seeds. <laughs> it's, it's not complicated. My hope in all of this is, and I don't know how this, this is where, this is where I need y'all's help. I'm, <laughs> I'm a bit of a visionary, and I just trample through the weeds to try to get to a place. I'm not good with the organization stuff. This is what we keep working on, and uh, I keep, praising Nick for it because Nick is very organized. He's like polar opposite of me with this stuff. Even when he talks to me sometimes, like, ah, it's too much. I just zone out. <laughs> too much information. Um, but we, we, I want to get organized so that we can be more of a blessing even to the churches that are around us because I think, I was thinking about the bridge, how the bridge used to do that. And that, that was their attempt was to try to bridge the gap between denominations and come together and worship together. And I think it's a good and noble cause, but I think that maybe there's another way that we could do it. I don't know. And that's what I need help with, but I just feel like there should be some way that we could build up other churches. I don't know. I just I want to be more more kingdom minded than individual church minded. I'm, I'm not. We don't. We're not in competition with other churches, and I don't. I hope that other churches aren't trying to be in competition with us. I think it's a sad state if we get to that place. 
Um, so yeah, sorry, I kind of went off the topic there. So anyway, I hope, we, I hope that we have a better understanding of what the kingdom is and what we plan to do with this kingdom <laughs> as we do move forward and as we do get outside the doors of this church. Um, but we have a few minutes, so I also want to give opportunity to discuss if anybody has anything to bring, whether testimony or anything. I really enjoyed last week just hearing from Gabe and Kelly and then some of you guys. So now's the opportunity if you want to speak or forever hold your peace until next week. Doug, T, you got designated as Mike Tosser. <laughs> she said, we'll just pass it. I don't need to run around. Uh, you're talking about the kingdom. I like to think of it as Wi-Fi. When there was the garden, there was Wi-Fi everywhere in the world. There was no dropped areas. There was no dead zones. Hmm. It was there. Yeah. Satan came and disrupted it completely. Then for a while, there was the temple. That was the new hotspot. That was where <laughs> yeah. you could go good. and get connected to the Father. Mm -hmm. But he had a bigger plan, and they didn't quite see it that way. Right. And then Jesus came and says, hey, I brought Wi-Fi with me. And the veil and was torn. It's right here. Mm -hmm. It's right here. You just come here. And he dies, and the Holy Spirit gives it to us, and we are now hotspots. Yeah, that's and good. anybody out there who is seeking, as soon as you step in the scene with the Wi-Fi open, they'll get it. So that's a good example. That's a they'll good uh, analogy. And if we don't stay connected, do we actually shut it off? So we pray without ceasing. We pray in tongues. We're always looking to see what the kingdom is doing. Right. And we are now walking hotspots. Yep. That's good. Walking hotspots. Anybody else? <laughs> so, um, I'm actually going to take this from my husband who said this to me this week <laughs> as we were talking through a passage. The Lord's kind of had me like sitting in scriptures for a while to try to. I think sometimes we're quick to read past the ones we know very well and not sit in them and let the Lord give us treasure out of it. Yeah. And so I was talking to James this week, and that scripture about, um, you know, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you'll be able to look at this mountain and say, move. And I'm like, what does that mean? You know, I'm just talking to him. Like, what does that mean? I mean, you think about that, to move a mountain, that seems, I mean, is it, does it mean that you believe enough that you can move the mountain? You know, I'm, we're just talking through it and James said something that just has stuck with me and I think it's very applicable to what you're talking about today and it was he said no I think it's more like and he makes you know like the extreme version imagine like if someone killed someone in your family um our, our son or something like that I mean just the most tragic thing you could think of and the hate that you have for that person in your heart because they've done that to the person that you love so much and then the idea that you could replace that hate with love for that person. He said, that's a mountain. And um, he said, that's even, to me, is, is even more unbelievable sometimes than a physical mountain moving, yeah. is the mountain in us moving through God's grace and mercy to give us the ability to love past that. Um, and I just, I had never thought about it like that before. And so I wanted to share that because I think it's pretty applicable to what you're talking about today. Yeah. It is, and, and it was funny because Jesus constantly talked, r really spoke in the Spirit, and his disciples were, were always frustrating 
because they were like, we don't understand. He's like, oh, <laughs> trying to help you here. But he would hear, the beauty of that is the reason I think, I believe the reason he spoke in parables that way, and I actually had a conversation with another friend of mine about, you know, about this whole church thing, and he was like, well, could you just go to go back, after being a pastor, could you go back and just sit in a church and listen? I said, I think I, think I could, but I said, I want to be, I want to be whatever God wants, I want to use whatever gifts God gives me to further his kingdom, whatever that looks like. And I said, I don't, I don't consider myself to be the greatest leader, but I feel like I'm a pretty good communicator. Um, and I, I, God helped me discover that years ago. And I think it's because I, I can really relate to the way Jesus told parables. I, I like, I enjoy telling gospel truths in a way that people understand it clearer than necessarily Old English because I had a hard time understanding it that way. It doesn't mean it's not good, and some people can really understand that and really enjoy it. And even now that I've gotten into Greek and Hebrew, I really enjoy it a little bit more, but I really enjoy just talking about it to people so that they can understand. I think Jesus was the same way, even though we think he was probably frustrated. He probably was enjoying himself helping them understand what the kingdom looked like. He was saying, well, you know, how do we get to this kingdom? He's like, well, I'm the way. And they say, well, what's it look like? Well, it's not eat or drink. It's not about traditions. It's not about you know, doing all these things, it's righteousness, peace, and joy found in the Holy Spirit. And they're like, what is this Holy Spirit? It wasn't there yet, so they didn't know. And so he's, he's, he's kind of the prequel. He's preparing them in ways. He's speaking spirit. Like, and that's the way we should speak, but he's, he's spoken in a way that they could understand it. So that's why we don't go around just, I, I hope you guys don't go around just quoting Old English and hitting people with Bibles or whatever. <laughs> I hope that we have conversations with people and say, okay, well, it's like this. The kingdom of heaven is like this, Right? So when, when you sit down and have a meal and it comes up because it comes up in, in discussions and you say, well, it's like this, and you tell them a story about maybe your life where God intervened and stepped in and the kingdom exploded. And you're like, this is what happened. This is amazing. It's a testimony, right? And it's not, I don't think that that cheapens the gospel at all. I think it actually helps. Um, and I think that's what the Holy Spirit helps guide us in those areas because the same way Scripture can be misused and abused you know, we could, people can do things and try to blame it on the Holy Spirit. It could, be, it could be either way. It's the heart behind what we're doing. So I think that when, we, when, when your heart is in the right place and when you're listening to the Holy Spirit and he's prompting you to do something, it's, like I said, it's not complicated. As a father, I would not go through all the trouble of sending my son to die and him ascending and sending the Holy Spirit to make this complicated. It's not complicated. I mean, it really isn't. When, when we love, it's not, and he says it over and over and over again, it's an agape love. Seeking, just like you were saying, seeking nothing in return, Melissa. That's not easy all the time. Why is it not easy? Because it's impossible to do without him. It's, it's absolutely impossible for us to love without expecting something in return without the Holy Spirit because that agape love is given to us so that we can give it to other people. We're conduits. We're flowing. We're living, flowing water because of what he gave us. <laughs> More water references. Jesus juke. All right, so we, we just... We have to renew our minds to this reality of the kingdom that is not just the things that we see because your, your sight can trick you. Your sight in the spirit does not trick you. When you see things in the spirit, they become reality in, in the flesh. Carol? Speaking, while you're going over there, speaking of that, every prayer that you pray, specifically for healing or anything like that, is a kingdom prayer. It is essentially saying, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. Do you see the, the pattern is on earth as it is in heaven, not, hey, let's get you to heaven one day when you die. Yes? Um, 
Righteousness, peace, and joy. Some people have interpreted righteousness as that we, you know, we don't, um, we don't smoke, we don't chew, we don't run that with folks that do, that kind of thing. But righteousness in the, in the original language is very close to the word generosity. Righteousness, I think, is sadak, and generosity is sadaka, which is the action of righteousness. And the generosity includes us and includes our time. Mm -hmm. um, I was at the dollar store the other night, and I was in a hurry. And I walked by one of the employees who was smoking outside. I said, how you doing? And her tone indicated, even though she said, oh, fine, it didn't sound fine. Yeah. And I, so although I was in a hurry, you know, because we are, I stopped and talked to her for a little while and had an opportunity to pray for her. She had some difficulties going on in her life. That's what the Lord means by righteousness, I think, because Jesus always, he took the time for the least. The dwarf that was in the tree, Zacchaeus, the wee little man, you know, he went to his house. Jesus mm -hmm. took the time. And I, I, I really think it's more that than our behavior yeah. when it comes to righteousness. Well, it, and it works in reverse, I think, with, with the righteousness. It, the result is our behavior changes. It's not the cause. It's the, the behavior is the root, or the, is the fruit, not the root. So the righteousness, peace, and joy we find in Jesus, the fruit of that will be our behavior changes, right? It's not the other way around. We're not trying to change our behavior so that we're righteous and have peace or joy. Good luck with that. <laughs> it's recognizing that in the kingdom, you, you are righteous, you have peace, you have joy, renewing your mind to that every day, every day, every day. And it takes, I don't know about you, but it takes every day, every day, every day to remind me of that because why? Because I don't always feel that way. That's why you don't always trust your feelings. Your feelings change and, and move with different things. I always use the example with the youth with a, a movie. I, I like movies, so I don't think they make good movies anymore. I haven't seen one in a long time. With Netflix and COVID and everything, I haven't seen a good movie in a while, but I like good movies. I like movies that Adam, uh, one of my favorite from a long time ago was you remember the movie Signs? Does anybody remember that? M. Night Shyamalan? When uh, at one point the like, alien walks across and he's like in the closet looking at the TV and he sees it and he's like, oh my God, like he freaks out. I remember leaning forward in my chair <laughs> trying to see in the TV, in the other TV. And I've had that happen in other movies too, but it's something that draws you in and you feel like you're there and it feels very real, right? Well, I always would tell the youth, the reason why we have to be careful with our feelings is if I was on set and I could see the big boom mic and all the actors, I wouldn't have that same feeling. It's just a feeling that I had that's not real. So we have to be careful with our feelings because sometimes you can be drawn into things that aren't real. So the cool thing about the kingdom is it's consistent. It's always consistent. It's always consistent. So when you go and you proclaim this kingdom and you, you, you go with authority, right, it's consistent. It's always the same. God loves radically, unconditionally, undeservedly. Like, it's not fair. It doesn't make any sense. He washes feet. He heals the sick. He, he reaches people when they don't, especially when they don't. He gets down in the dirt and draws in the dirt to catch the gaze of someone who is about to be stoned to death. He takes the time to meet people where they are. That's radical love. That's agape love. That's, bring, that's taking a kingdom that people can't see and then letting them see it. That's, all, that's basically all we're doing when we go out and evangelize. This euangelion, the good news, it, that's what it is. It's the gospel of what? The kingdom. So when you read your Bible, I encourage you, look for that word, and you will see it everywhere. 
especially when Jesus is walking around talking. All he talks about is the kingdom. It's like his thing. It's like his jam. <laughs> the kingdom. It's his kingdom. It's like it's his kingdom. So, I mean, uh, anyway, all right. Anybody else? We good? All right, stand up. I'll pray for you guys. And Tif- Tiffany can eat because she skipped breakfast. All right. <laughs> Father, I thank you that, um, Lord, you, you have created a good thing, not just a good thing, but the best thing. And you, just, you didn't just send a message about it. You sent a messenger. And with that messenger, you sent a spirit. And with that spirit, Lord, you went with it and you came and you rested with us. Lord, thank you that as we, as we walk and talk that we're not looking for you. You're with us always. We're not, uh, we're not lost or forgotten, even though we feel that way sometimes. And Lord, all those that are around us, they're not lost or forgotten, even though they feel that way sometimes. Lord, help us to see that as we walk and talk on this earth. Lord, help us to bring your, usher your kingdom in. Lord, help us to be hotspots everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all have a wonderful day.